One of Dallas's most beautiful features, this 1,000-acre oasis in the middle of a bustling town, is a calm retreat for some residents. But for over a century, others have encountered something more chilling. Are the dark side roads in East Dallas home to a persistent specter, or is this just another tall Texas tale? This week's episode is The Lady of the Lake. Fills with dread, probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinister. Thank you so much for coming out tonight, you guys. Hey, guys. How is everybody? Yeah. Everyone enjoying the 2019 Dallas Comedy Festival? Yeah. Hell yeah. How many people have had a jello shot before 6 p.m. tonight? Yeah. That's how you got to do it. That's what I'm talking about. We're trying to get rid of the bar, right? Help us out. Come on. Yes, yes, yes. Um, if you, were you, who was at our Thursday show? Anybody? Thank you so much. Update, the Rubik's Cube has still not been solved. Not. For those of you who are not at Working the Thursday show, it. I'm very obsessed with this Rubik's Cube that I stole from my favorite coworker, and I thought I'm going to steal it and solve it and be like, in your face. The problem was the solving part. I can't do that. It's real hard. Someone's like, it's just like a math algorithm. Okay, serious <laughs> inquiries only. Like, that's not helpful. That means I'm definitely not going to no, solve it. I'm not going to solve a math algorithm. Oh, man. What? White Rock Lake. Hey, we live right by this we lake. We live very close to this lake. There's that we're nothing be like talking about. You know, figuring out uh, a body of water very nearby you is like filled with alligators and horrible ghosts. A uh, very bad move on our part. I got married there. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> so, who's the real lady of the lake? <laughs> I, guess I was that day. Yeah, that's true. Uh, or your marriage is cursed. I don't know which. Oh, maybe. Well, I'll. So far, it's been okay. So far, so good. <laughs> I think so. Um, well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. We're obviously Sinisterhood. Thank you so much, guys, for coming out to this live recording. Um, let's just jump into yeah, it. Yeah, I think you so. Ready? Jump into the lake. All right. Jump into the lake. Don't. That'll... There are gators in it. Don't jump into White Rock Lake. Oh, it's funny. If you're keeping a list of jokes made, that's the first one. <laughs> Well, nestled in the cozy, eclectic neighborhood of East Dallas, White Rock Lake is a man-made reservoir that was completed in 1911 after the White Rock Creek was dammed up in response to a water shortage in Dallas. Shocking. That there was a water it shortage It just keeps happening, though. It's just so hot here. It is very warm. It just evaporates. The land on which the lake was created was formerly the Daniel Family Farm, home to the Daniel and Cox families in the late 1830s and 1840s. The family maintained a joint cemetery, aptly called the Daniel Cox Cemetery. I feel like there could have been a more fun name, though. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's the most boring approach they could have taken to that. And it's not even in alphabetical order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a fight over who got to have their name first. Like they didn't want to throw people yeah. off having a Cox Cemetery. Oh, yeah, maybe that was it. Nobody wants to be buried in Cox Cemetery. <laughs> And nobody wants to visit there either. No, no, definitely no. not. Well, it was maintained from the post-Civil War era all the way until the lake's creation in 1911. That is a solid familial bond, though. I mean, I know some people are friendly with their neighbors and stuff, but if you are choosing to be buried eternally with someone, that is a life, uh, eternal long commitment that I don't think I'm ready to make with any family Whoa. I know. Do you have a burial plot? No, I'm 33. <laughs> <laughs> 32. I always say my age wrong. Um, the other day you were like, I'm 30 something. I'm like, you know how old you are, don't uh, you? Uh, <laughs> I try to forget. 
That's uh, no, fair. I don't, I don't. I think I would like a Viking funeral where they put you on a boat, maybe in White Rock Lake, I don't know, and set you ablaze yeah. with arrows shot at you. I think I'd like that. I want to be left on one of the body farms. I've told you this. Oh, yes, in yes, In case yes. something happens to me, everybody here now knows. The body farm is like a university study so people mm-hmm. can poke at you and leave you under retreat around. Well, I'm not going to be around to care what they do with me. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but still be res- please be respectful. <laughs> I don't think... That's not in the contract. They can or do whatever. Or I want to be put in one of those tree pods and planted. Oh, so then yeah. people can go sit under me and read. And You'll Who's going to read? Nobody's going to read. No. Everybody's just going to... Carve their name yeah. in it and make out. Yeah. yeah. I'd I like that better, honestly. By 1931, over 18,000 people in Dallas were unemployed after the Great Depression. In 1933, Franklin Delano Roosevelt's New Deal created the Civilian Conservation Corps, or CCC, to provide jobs for unemployed unmarried men you learn about this in school it's just when the government was like hey uh you need something to do and everyone's like yeah and they're like uh, build a wall or uh build a fence or, hey they're uh, still talking about that uh, things don't change <laughs> <laughs> some things don't change nope but in this case they're like make a lake yep just build a lake well the dallas park board took part in this program and began developing white rocks white rock lakes shore into a beautiful municipal park in 1935, the CCC built Winfrey Point, a barrack station to house the men working for the CCC. You didn't even have to commute. No, we have some friends that got married there. Yeah, Winfrey Point, for those of you not from Dallas, is a little house uh, that people get married at. They throw uh, weddings, quinceaneras, birthday parties, family reunions at. And apparently, a bunch of people used to live there until World War II. Who lived there, Christy? Ooh, who would be the least likely neighbor you would want to move in? Uh, the Nazis? Yep. Okay. That's one. Same. Yes, Winfrey Point was a, is now a lovely rustic home overlooking the lake in Dallas skyline and frequently used for weddings. But in 1943, it had a much darker purpose. When Nazi General Erwin Rommel's Africa Corps fell to Allied forces in May of 1943, 300 German troops were kept as prisoners of war in the barracks at Winfrey Point on the lakefront. The U.S. Army took back the CCC barracks to house the prisoners of war who were then forced to build themselves into their own prison by constructing fences around the property. Yeah, so they move into this lovely kind of apartment dorm situation. They're like, oh, but you can't leave. And they're like, we could leave. And they said, no, you're going to build yourself in. So they had to build these huge tall fences and put barbed wire up. So they had to build themselves in, kind of like uh, on The Sims, when you put your <laughs> Sim in and you build them into a room and you take the door off and you just watch them like... Struggling, that's pretty much what happened. They just get stuck behind a trash can. It was like human Sims. Piss themselves till the flies start circling above their heads. That's the Sims. You're describing every Sims game I've ever played. (laughs) My, my favorite Sims was the one where you could be a vampire. What? Yeah. There was vampire Sims? Oh, hell yeah. I, uh, the last time I played Sims, I was in like ninth grade. (laughs) This was, mm, well, I'm a little bit older than you, but it was like 10 years ago. Oh, maybe not even that long. Yeah. And you could, Make them have babies. Vampire babies? Yeah. Or human hybrid vampire babies? Vampire babies. I spent too many hours trying to make this happen. Yes, I was successful. Wait, you made the vampire Sims have sex? Yes, I made them have sex many times until... (laughs) Until they eventually had a vampire baby. And, um... I don't know, I probably shut it down after that, because that was my... Where am I going to go from there? Yeah, Yeah, you're done. You're done. Nowhere. Well, from the 1930s to today, White Rock Lake has been used for outdoor recreation, sailing, and rowing. The White Rock Bathhouse, once a boathouse for rowing crew teams, is now a cultural arts center. The Filter Building, which formerly served as a storage house for crew boats, now hosts beautiful weddings, including my own. That's where we got married. It is a very beautiful building. It is very beautiful. And we got married right by the lake. Dun-dun-dun. Ooh. Runners, walkers, and cyclists enjoy the lake's scenic 10-mile loop. The surrounding parks and green space provide a beautiful outdoor area, including the Dallas Arboretum and Botanical Garden, which was completed in 1984. You want to know a fun fact about me? I once ran the White Rock Lake 10-mile loop, which for athletic people, you're like, okay, but it was not easy. How many days did that take you? It was... (laughs) 
It was a three-day hike. No, it was one day. I did it in one day, and afterwards, I was like, you know what? I'm a champion. I can do anything I want. And I went, and I ate tacos from a gas station. Hey, hell yeah. uh, As one does when one completes an athletic feat and drank some orange Haritos, and then my insides were just destroyed. Yeah. Just that's like you have a Lamborghini and you just fill it with just regular gas. Like you can't. <laughs> I was in peak condition and I just poisoned myself. Oh, I had a friend good, get lost walking around the lake. Uh, what? Because <laughs> the the paths kind of like take you off into various directions. It's they, a circle. It's kind of a circle. They have, but then you can, then you can kind of veer off into like little paths, and they have the markers. So she had to call oh, yeah, the police call from a marker, and they had to come get her and then take her out. For yeah. she smoked a lot of weed. Okay, there it is. There it is. There it is. So. I was gonna say for again for those of you not from Dallas, the White Rock Lake is it's only ten miles around, and it really is like a circle. But every two miles, I think there's these little triangles that say call nine one one and tell them. That so you're it must a, be pretty common for people I to get lost. I think that's more. No, I think it's more of you like get fall off your bicycle or something. Mm. But I'm sure the police officer... Or you see a lady of the lake. You gotta tell them what marker you're at. Oh, God. While the beauty of White Rock Lake is no kept secret, the ghostly mysteries that lie beneath the shimmering waters are a different story. In 2018, Reader's Digest named White Rock Lake one of the world's most haunted bodies of water, alongside famed paranormal spots like Devil's Pool in Australia and Loch Ness in Scotland. And many Dallas locals would agree. Well, I am shocked, first of all, that the we Reader's got this Digest still, still around. Yes, yes so I was going to say. And that they very... heard of us. That's... And they knew who we were? Yeah. When I was a kid, my mom, people would tell a long story. And my mom would go, I need the Reader's Digest condensed version. <laughs> I I can use contact clues, but I still don't really know what that means. I think cliff that, notes? Was it like, but apparently Reader's Digest just did cliff notes, which is if you're Reader's Digest, you think you want to encourage people to read books. But it sounds like they were the original spoilers. They're giving you just enough to be able to digest oh, it, it. You in. i've never read one no i don't I, I didn't think they existed anymore but thank you for the accolade we're not ungrateful <laughs> yes, thank you sure well the lady of the lake is an often told dallas legend of a young woman mostly described in her 20s wearing an elegant white 1930s style evening gown she is seen standing soaking wet on east lother drive one of the lake's more discreet and hidden side roads she most often appears in the springtime and residents would, quote, swear on a stack of Bibles that she was real. I tell you, you know somebody's serious. If they swear on one Bible, they swear could be on a stack of Bibles. Yes. A whole stack, though? I think that's how you know it's legit. Unless you are an atheist like myself, and you're like, sure, I'll swear on I don't, how many Yellow pages. Bibles do you want to give me? I'll swear on, a I'll stack swear of, on every Bible you can find. stack of Twilight books. <laughs> <laughs> that would hold more weight with yeah. me. Yeah. Well, it probably with your history of vampire sex, <laughs> sounds like. Um, Which I still, if, but I, everyone knows you're the one that loses sleep on how I was going to say vampires get erections. I still, someone, okay, you guys We've had remember, many listeners message us with very scientific breakdown of how it happens. The most re- so many of you know if you've listened to past episodes that I cannot. Like, I can't comprehend physiologically how a vampire would get an erection. All right? I don't get it. They don't have beating hearts. Someone DM'd us on Twitter the other day and said, um, just so you know, when they drink the blood, that's what it's for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, just so you know, you big fat idiot. (laughs) Pretty much. Like, there was an implied big fat idiot in that. I was like, uh... Okay. And we pride ourselves in responding to all messages on social media. And I was like, thank you so much. <laughs> I've learned so much today. How do you know this is fact? <laughs> I do not want to know that. <laughs> well, the legend has many variations where the young woman, upset and tearful, flags down a car and asks to be taken home. She will then give an address on Gaston Avenue. You still live there for several years. Yeah. A bustling street near the lake. But when the drivers arrive at the location, the woman is gone. The only proof they have of her presence is a wet spot in their back seat. That is fucked up. <laughs> I've loved a wet spot in many a car yep, seat. Same. But it's always consensual. It's somebody I know or my own car. I'm not going to get... First of all, don't pick up hitchhikers ever for any reason. And second of all, that's really mean if someone's nice enough to give you a ride and you leave me on a wet spot in the back seat. <laughs> Dallas newspapers in the 1960s reported that some couples knocked on the door at the address where she asked to be dropped. 
An old man or woman would answer, and when the drivers described what happened, the resident would say with a resigned sigh that yes, they know who that was. It was their daughter who died tragically at the lake. That's hard for the parents. They yeah. repeatedly have someone like knocking on the door. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's we fucking get oh. it. She's haunting the street. We know. You, you get very dead. excited at your Amazon package and it's, <laughs> oh, another one. Oh. Uh, I'll just relive my child's. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Great. Please. Yeah. It's fine. The Lady of White Rock Lake was first documented in 1943 by Ann Clark in a Texas Folklore Society's Backwoods to Border Story Collection. I would read that book. Hell yeah. On a hot July night, a couple was driving along the lake looking for a good spot to park. You know what that means. Courting. Going courting. Going going finger banging. (laughs) (laughs) They were looking for a nice spot to finger bang. You got to find the right place. (laughs) You can't just pull over on the side of the road like some trash. (laughs) I need a nice tree that's a corpse of someone that's grown up. No, yeah. yeah. That's what my tree's going to be used for. Oh, yeah. I'm going to find your tree. Oh, so you'll still be around. Oh, yeah. I'll be a tree. And I'll still be getting fingered. <laughs> oh, man. I'm looking forward to dying now, honestly. I can't wait for that to happen. I never want you to die. But also, I mean, there's upsides. <laughs> like... Well, they're looking for a spot to do all this when they came upon a drenched woman. According to Clark's version, the mysterious woman said, I'm sorry to intrude, and I would not under any other circumstances, but I must find my way home immediately. I was in a boat that overturned. The others are safe, but I must get home. Bitch, get you a taxi or something. We're, we're trying to do something. Safe. If the others are safe, go find them. <laughs> Where, what are you doing? She said, I left them behind. She gave an address in Oak Cliff, and as the couples drove, they became nervous. When they turned around in their seats to clarify the directions, the woman was gone, leaving only a wet spot where she had been sitting. <laughs> they continued on to the address, and when they knocked on the door and explained the situation, a man with a worried look on his face confirmed their fears. I thought you were Domino's. Oh, God. <laughs> this, this is a very strange thing. You're the third couple who's come to me with this story. Three weeks ago, while sailing on White Rock Lake, my daughter was drowned. In 1964, Mrs. Lily Leonard of Dallas claimed her son Bill and his wife had an interaction with what they called at the time the ghost girl of White Rock Lake. Just very briefly, Lily Leonard gave a 1964 interview to the Dallas Morning News telling the story about her son and his wife seeing the ghost, which probably was very embarrassing for her son and his wife. That if they wanted to tell the story, they probably they, would they have. Would do it. But she was no, a proud mom. Oh, it sounds like she just like wanted it. to be in the news. <laughs> probably. That's like my grandmother was interviewed by. There was two newspapers back in Dallas back in the day, and she got interviewed by the Dallas Times Herald, which was one of the rivals. It did not last. Yeah, um, there's only one now. But they asked her, "Why do you like it?" And she said, "Well, my daughters really like Dear Abby, and I really like to read the obituaries because sometimes I lose track of my friends, and it's nice to know where they end up." <laughs> and then she went further and said, "Also, the girl that was murdered a few weeks ago, the Times Herald seemed to have a lot more details." That's your origin story. That sounds like it is an origin story. That they asked this homemaker what she liked, and she liked death details. <laughs> More murder, please. And that, that's the newspaper that went under. Who knew? Mm. Well, the girl flagged on their car and said she just had an accident on the lake. She begged Bill and his wife to give her a ride to an address on Gaston. When they arrived at the address and let her out of the car, she just disappeared. As she slammed the door, it was as if she'd gone up in smoke. That's what Bill, I think, sounds like. That's why he didn't want to give interviews. He was very famous. <laughs> Barbara Rookstool, daughter of Guy Malloy, the former director of displays for Dallas's premier downtown department store, Neiman Marcus, claims her father was spinning Lady of the Lake legends as early as the 1940s. According to Guy's story, as recounted by his granddaughter to the Dallas Morning News, the newspaper that survived, <laughs> in 2003, he picked up a young lady one evening after working league. He had a raincoat with him, and as he drove by and saw the wet woman, he pulled over. All right, guy yeah. Malloy. I gotta say, Tommy, if you're driving on the street and you see a wet woman, keep on driving, buddy. You can roll down the window and throw the raincoat out at her. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
Don't pull over. That's when we'll discover our marriage is cursed. There he's like, I pulled over. By the lady of the lake. Well, she got in and asked for a ride in a friendly and cultured sounding voice. Guy offered his raincoat and the girl accepted. But when they arrived at her requested address, she was gone. Leaving only the wet raincoat behind. Oh, right okay. now she's We're destroying getting... clothes. But but at least she like didn't take it with her. She was considerate. Do you have something I can set my damp fanny on? <laughs> Just this Neiman Marcus branded raincoat. For those of you not in Dallas or around, Neiman Marcus is a super fancy department store. I think it's all over now, but it was kind of the hip in fancy place for all the socialites and the oil mm-hmm. people to go. I don't shop there. No. However, even this story is not consistent. In an article in the Dallas Morning News in 1964, Mr. and Mrs. Malloy claimed to have seen the ghostly woman in their headlights driving home one night. When they stopped, she gave an address on Gaston Avenue. So they changed the story that he wasn't alone with a yeah, wet lady. That's, she's like, if this is getting out, then I'm in the goddamn car, guy. <laughs> she squeezed past Mrs. Malloy into the back seat of the cramped two-seater sedan. With a view that close, Mrs. Malloy claims the young woman had, in fact, been wearing a lavish Neiman Marcus gown. When Mrs. Malloy turned to speak to the girl, she was gone. Leaving only, what do you think? A damn wet spot. <laughs> yep. That's, they call it the Lady of the Lake, which is classy, but they should call it the wet spot ghost. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's got one well, thing in common. we're going to call it that from now on. Also, shout out to uh, the Malloys for turning this uh, legend into a Neiman Marcus commercial. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. When the Malloys got to the address on Gaston, a man answered and confirmed that, yes, he had a daughter who only wore clothes from Neiman's. But she drowned two years earlier after falling from a pier. Yeah, they're really pushing that Neiman's thread. Yes. I guess any advertising is good advertising. <laughs> Trying to get Even good ghosts wear our clothes. <laughs> You'll want to wear this forever. <laughs> there are several stories that leave locals to wonder if the Lady of the Lake arrived there under the most tragic of circumstances. On July 5th, 1935... Mrs. Frank Doyle went to visit her sister, Louise Ford Davis, at the Melrose Court Hotel where she resided. Upon arrival, she, discuss- she discovered her sister's room empty, except for a suicide note. In the note, Louise said she was going to drown herself in the lake. Her sister immediately called the police, who rushed to the lake in hopes of preventing this tragedy. When they arrived, they saw the woman's body floating in the water. They pulled her out and attempted to revive her, but sadly, it was too late. This was, then this is a documented real incident that yes. happened. Yep. Mm-hmm. Authorities said Louise had only been dead for approximately five minutes, and that if they had received the call just two or three minutes earlier, they could have saved her life. Way to kick someone when they're down. Yeah, right? God, cops. That's well, rude. If you'd gotten there a little bit sooner, maybe yeah. this wouldn't have happened. Yeah, that's not, that's not cool. <laughs> no. Police also found her car parked nearby, and inside... On the seat, discovered a sheet and a pair of white gloves. Oh, you guys thought it was going to be a wet spot. (laughs) It was not. Even creepier. Another tragic tale of suicide was that of 35-year-old Rose Stone. On November 24th, 1942, Rose died by suicide by drowning herself in the lake. When her body was found in eight feet of water near the municipal boathouse, she was dressed in a sweater and skirt. Pinned to her sweater was a note asking that her family in Fort Worth be notified of her death. Yeah, so there. it sounds like there are actual origin stories. This is stories also very documented, from, yeah. It's not just a random urban legend. Right. It's not just somebody claiming they saw someone on the side yeah, of the road. They, these are born these from are tragedy. factual things, yes. Well, there are many variations on how the White Rock Lady of the Lake came to be. Some claim she flagged down their cars and complained of a boating or sailing accident, asking for help. Others believe she died by suicide, by drowning herself in the lake. Some claimed she fell from a pier and accidentally drowned. Dosia Williams, the ghost lady of San Antonio. Stop there. I love this woman so much. <laughs> if you find videos of her online, she is about three and a half, four feet tall. She's an itty bitty tiny <laughs> old Texas lady. Her hair is about like the two. psychic on yes. uh, 
uh, uh, what's the ghost movie? Uh, Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Yeah. Uh, her hair is about two feet tall, though. Whoa. She's got a bouffant, <laughs> and she knows every Texas ghost story. As I was, she's the ghost lady. She's, she's better. She's the ghost lady because she also talked about in one of her interviews the ghost children of Austin, where supposedly a school bus was oh, yeah. T-boned by a train, and now if you're on this road, there's an incline, and allegedly if you put your car in neutral and you people put like talc powder on their bumper your car will automatically go up and over the train tracks and then when you get out you can see handprints on the back little tiny handprints yeah, yeah and usually gasped you, I, well yeah. you can see it and then i watched a video of it and like you know when you close your trunk your like finger grease gets on it i'm pretty sure that's what it is and <laughs> you guys know i am not a skeptic no i'm, I'm, I'm very believer. surprised that you just said that it was honestly just, that's something i would say it was these people on youtube though they were like whoa it's a ghost and i was like i think that your hands are just real sweaty <laughs> <laughs> but Dosia Williams is a the foremost Texan ghost authority, which is a really niche thing to be an authority yeah. on. Good for her. Well, she's collected Lady of the Lake and other Texas ghost stories for several decades. She corroborates most of the story. The yes, young men or couples pick up a distraught female hitchhiker and take her to an address on Gaston Avenue. The family who answers confirms yes, their daughter has passed away. But no one can pinpoint the address or the actual supposed girl. However, Dosia claims that as the girl's parents are now dead, no longer live at the address on Gaston, no further sightings have occurred. Well, that's one way to explain it, but <laughs> the other one could just be, I don't know, maybe Dosia Williams is off her game. She Ooh. hasn't heard any more stories. I like when people say, well, I've never seen it, so it must not be real. Yeah. Well, that's very pretentious of you. <laughs> so who really is the Lady of the Lake? And is she really that unique to Dallas? Reports of white ladies crop up all over the U.S. I mean, yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. I get there's, how that there's sounds. There's two sitting right here. <laughs> You're looking yeah. at them. Uh, a lot of times they have their phone in their hand and they're either going to call a manager or the police. Uh, dangerous than any, more dangerous than any ghost you've ever seen. Uh, their hair's cut in a certain way and they're just yelling at a Ross store. Mm-hmm. Um, they're everywhere. We are everywhere. Especially the U.S., Great Britain, and Ireland. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. In medieval England, seeing a white ghostly woman often predicted the death of the one who saw her or the death of a relative. They would have hated to see my ass. <laughs> as pale as I am, everyone would have thought they were dying. <laughs> white ladies are frequently seen along roads or near bodies of water. Or at a Target store. Yeah. Or at a Starbucks. Yes. Or waiting in line for... to pick up their kids from soccer. Waiting for the yoga gym to open. <laughs> at a soul cycle. <laughs> at one of those wine and paint things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> at some protest they have no business being at. <laughs> Usually. <laughs> many times, many times. In Canada... Montmorency Falls near Quebec is allegedly home to a forlorn woman who, clad in her newly ordered wedding dress, threw herself into the falls after her husband was killed fighting the British. That is a very dramatic way to go. I would like to amend my prior statement. I do not want a Viking funeral. Don't be in the waterfall. (laughs) Okay. You got to be in a wedding dress, though. I went to uh, Canada and I went to Niagara Falls. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is like a bit in my friends and family circles of like, how many minutes does it take for me to mention something horrible and tragic? And uh, at Niagara Falls, I was like, I wonder how many things have like gone over Niagara Falls. And it turns out a lot. Uh, some people make it, some people don't. But the best one was a guy took like a, a you know, fairly medium-sized fishing boat, and he filled it with himself, a dog, a bear, some Wait, ducks. What a bear! I don't know how you got the bear in the boat, but he got he did, and, and some ducks, and some ducks. This is like that math problem. <laughs> Which I never. Oh, could it's a ma- it's a word out. problem. I got it for you. Uh, so the boat starts to go over. Guess how many living creatures were in the boat when it went over the falls? All the animals, not the guy. Opposite. They all jumped out and swam to safety, but him and he was like, "Come back!" <laughs> and he didn't make it. I don't think so. Good when you go him. over the falls in a rowboat, but I mean, the bear and the dog probably had a good laugh at the top. <laughs> the ducks could just fly away. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> And also, what was this planned? I don't know. I love yeah. it. I love that I'm story. still trying to figure out how you get a bear in a boat. Maybe, oh, like a picnic basket. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or a, or a jar of honey. Yeah, a jar of honey. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Well, in the Philippines, the white lady of Belite Drive in Quezon City is said to be a gorgeous woman who waits on the roadside. When drivers pull over, she asks for a ride. When they look back in the mirror, her face transforms from the beautiful girl she was when they picked her up to a horribly beaten, bloody, and bruised mess. Yeah, they think that she was in like a car accident, and she's forever trying to find her way back home. Mm. In 1968, on Easter weekend in South Africa, newly engaged couple Maria Rue and Hale Bratorius were driving down the isolated M9 road in the dry desert lands of the Karoo Desert, 200 miles east of Cape Town. The lovebirds were chatting about their wedding plans and enjoying the drive. When a sudden curve proved too steep for the couple, and their car went off the road, sadly, Maria did not survive. Over a decade later, on Easter in 1976, also along the M9 road, headed toward Uniondale in the Western Cape, Anton LaCruni picked up a pale-faced woman. He asked if she needed a ride. When she nodded, he let her inside. A few miles later... She just disappeared. I want to stand by my prior statement, never pick up a hitchhiker. But specifically, if it's late at night and you ask the hitchhiker if they want to get in, then they just give you one of these. <laughs> just keep driving. Just keep driving. Just keep driving. She didn't leave a wet spot, though. Well, you know what? She's a polite ghost. Yeah. Anton sped to the nearest police station and frantically told the police chief what happened. At first, the chief assumed Anton was drunk or crazy. But when he insisted... But she followed the man's car out to the hitchhiker's spot. So I saw this on a documentary, and it was one of the, with the reenactments. And the police chief was such a dick. He was so mean. He's like, get out of here. Get out of here. And the guy's like, I promise. I promise. Just come out here. And he goes, all right, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you in the police car. And we're going to see. And then following behind in the police car, the chief saw Anton's car traveling at full speed when the back door swung open and shut while the car was in motion. The men pulled over, and the chief chastised Anton, accusing him of playing a practical joke. How would one do that? A, I wonder that. B, it was a pretty wacky door slam. It was a pretty good joke. Because <laughs> it, it just flew open like a clown car and then slammed back shut. So he kind of got in his face and was like, I'm going to watch you, buddy. Anton got back in the car as instructed, turned on the interior lights, and held on to the steering wheel. Yet, the same thing happened as before. As he drove at full speed, door flew open again. Startled, the police chief recommended that he go home, and the chief went back to the station. Yeah, they said the police chief was super freaked out and was yelling at all the police, close the door, lock all the doors. I was like, I don't think But he ghost. didn't really help Anton. No, he was like, just get out of here, what? go home. Get, 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 get out of here, go home. Out. A sergeant at the station remembered a car accident he had worked a few years earlier involving a young couple and a woman who did not survive. Sergeant Pat McDonald called Maria Rue's mother and asked for a photo. The chief called Anton back in and asked if he could identify the hitchhiker he had picked up. Anton seemed confident, and when the officers presented him with a photo lineup, he chose Maria's photo. And then Uniondale became kind of a centralized area for this vanishing, specific vanishing hitchhiker. The exact same description. There was a motorcyclist that was riding and felt hands around him all of a sudden. I mean, mm. I've, when I ride my motorcycle, I have never had that happen, unfortunately. But, yet. Uh, yet. And then other situations where people had seen it happen. So they got to where the diner lady in Uniondale, people would come in and be like, oh my God, I just saw a ghost. And she's like, yeah, that's welcome to Uniondale. (laughs) Welcome to Uniondale. The white lady of Beeford, East Yorkshire, is seen frequently on the Beeford Strait, a stretch of road where motorists report seeing a white clad woman running into and through traffic. That That could really be anybody. Worse than leaving a wet spot, I think. (laughs) You're just running in and out of traffic. Yeah. An unsuspecting motorcyclist once picked her up, and when he turned around to check if she was still back there, she had vanished. As a passenger frequently on motorcycles, uh, I fell asleep on the back of a motorcycle, actually, one time. Not, oh would not recommend. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, it was a really long trip, but uh, you can tell. Uh, so uh, these make me a little bit uh, skeptical because you really can tell when someone's, like, not holding on to you. You would notice, like, immediately. It mm-hmm. wouldn't be like, well, we were driving, and then suddenly she vanished. You'd kind of feel it. I'm... Really surprised at your skepticism. I'm not alone. You're not as crazy. Oh, you're, I You were about to say, I'm not as crazy as everyone thinks I am. <laughs> oh, I'm probably more crazy, but uh, <laughs> I got a lot of theories for this one. That's fine. 
In Chicago, Resurrection Mary. You lived in Chicago. I did. Did I you ever Chicago. encounter her? Uh, I went by the cemetery, and uh, it does. It's kind of an eerie stretch of road, so mm. I can see why why folks would think it was haunted. And it is. Everyone knows about Resurrection Mary, and everybody uh, has knows a person who knows a person who's seen it. Well, she's considered to be Chicago's most famous ghost, and said to hitch rides from unsuspecting male motorists passing through Southwest Chicago. Eerily similar to our White Rock Lady of the Lake. She's dressed in an elegant party dress, but she's a little more polite. She asked to be dropped at Resurrection Cemetery. Drivers report watching her walk away and then vanishing. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the thing is that she vanished. She wants to go to the cemetery, and they think she's trying to go back she's home. She's trying to get home. Yeah. There's also a great pizza joint down by that, so maybe, maybe she's just, just cutting trying through to get some pizza then. to get the deep dish. Trying to get some deep dish. Dallas and Chicago are by no means the only cities in the U.S. with a lady of the lake. Rochester, New York, Bedford, Virginia, Easton, Connecticut, Muckleteo, Washington, and Madisonville, Louisiana are just a handful of cities reportedly haunted by a white lady, a lady of the lake, or a vanishing hitchhiker. Yeah, it's pretty ubiquitous once you start looking into it. They're everywhere. We're everywhere. White <laughs> ladies are everywhere. Like, we need there's a target, we will be there. We didn't need any, an urban legend to tell us that. In fact, according to folklorist Jan Brunvan, the urban legend of the vanishing hitchhiker dates back to biblical times. In the New Testament, Acts 8:26 through 39, an Ethiopian man driving a chariot picks up the apostle Philip. Philip then baptizes the man before suddenly disappearing. That's kind of a wet spot. Yeah. Don't you baptize somebody with water? I bat yeah. All right, don't laugh. I was baptized in the, my local hometown of Mesquite's public swimming pool, so uh, apologies. Sorry, I'm confused. That was still water. You come down the old water slide, and the priest, <laughs> preacher was waiting for you. No shit, my preacher's name was Charlie Brown. It sounds like I'm a liar, but that is a <laughs> And he was a little bald man with three hairs. Oh, yeah. he was holding on to those yeah. hairs. I got dunked in City Lake Park. <laughs> Elliot Oring, folklorist and author, says the vanishing hitchhiker story has antecedents that go back for centuries. In medieval England, there were stories of men on horses who were accosted by ghastly spirits in the woods. It seems like the ghosts don't give a shit about the mode of transportation. They're going to come no. after you. They, yeah. yeah. Uh, be a chariot Train, or car. What is horse, this? A horse? Chariot. Yeah, you're not safe. None of you are. American folklorist Richard Beardsley and Rosalie Hankey. It's an unfortunate hey. last name. That's a, you were, were you watching a pornographic movie when you wrote this? Was Richard I? Beardsley and Rosalie Hankey in Pipe Fitters. <laughs> <laughs> Those are they're real names, to be honest. They're, These they're, are very real names. And I'm so sorry, Mr. Beardsley and Ms. Hankey. Your work is very great and well respected. <laughs> but y'all sound like y'all fucking. <laughs> They probably are. Hey, well, once you uh, spend decades of time together researching ghost stories, I think sometimes late at night you want to just push the skull off the table. Oh. Well, they studied the story of the vanishing hitchhiker and found 79 accounts of encounters from across the U.S. In them, there are always four commonalities. The hitchhiker bars an item of clothing from the driver for protection against the cold, which is later found draped over a gravestone in the cemetery. Ooh. The hitchhiker leaves a personal item in the vehicle. Or a wet spot. That's a personal item. <laughs> there are a few things more personal than a wet spot. <laughs> Is that what they mean on airplanes? You can take one personal item? <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Well, then we're all taking two, I guess. <laughs> the hitchhiker leaves information with the driver that leads them to making contact with the family of the deceased passenger. And the encounter with the hitchhiker occurs on the anniversary of their death. Yeah, you wonder how things like this spread, where it's kind of almost the same story structurally, but it's literally not just all over the U.S. I mean, it's in the Philippines and South Africa it's and all Australia. Over the world. Yeah, it's all over the world. Well, in his book, The Evidence for Phantom Hitchhikers, paranormal researcher Michael Goss says that most of the stories... Fabulated folklore creations retold in new settings. <laughs> That's how a guy who has a book called The Evidence for Phantom Hitchhikers talks. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you all about him. Yes. Carrie Gaynor, a parapsychologist, which is such a badass job. That's, a, that's what Dr. Bankman is in Ghostbusters. But yeah. Dream job. <laughs> she finds... Just Ghostbuster, not a parapsychologist. Oh, yeah. Just being a Ghostbuster <laughs> yeah. in general. 
She finds fault in the vanishing hitchhiker narrative because, like you said, never personally met someone who has seen a vanishing hitchhiker. Nevertheless, these stories persist because humans naturally fear the unknown. Well, that's you're a psychologist, a parapsychologist, which doesn't that mean not quite? Doesn't para? I guess maybe in this case it's paranormal. It's, yeah. <laughs> I well, think I think, but paranormal would mean not quite normal. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, his his whole his interview he's very serious and he's like well this is a very you know a, a story that's told all around the world and i mean i've never seen anyone so <laughs> i've never met anyone that's seen them though so it's clearly false i have on a tie and i sit in front of many fancy books so <laughs> clearly an expert he was on an episode this this information partially was uh, my research was watching old episodes of beyond belief factor fiction with jonathan frake shout out if anyone watched that yeah. Somebody does. So good. When he comes out and is like, is this a story or just another tall tale? Or, you know, it's some, it's just, wait a minute. That sounds very familiar. Uh, <laughs> I had to get a Jonathan Frakes mustache. Ah. So why do we like ghost stories? Psychologist and phobia expert, Dr. Jessica Scher, says urban legends are a means for humans to process fear by making a story almost realistic. For example, the ghost leaves behind a wet spot or a scarf. It allows the listener to feel an adrenaline rush and process the thought of, what would I do if this happened to me? I think this is the reason why we like ghost stories, why we like urban legends, and why we true crime. Because you read it and you think, you get that adrenaline rush, or why we like horror movies, too. People like being scared. Yeah, and you want to watch trials and stuff like that that happen because you want to know the details of how it happened and then think about how you can avoid it. That's why I like this job. Do you remember that show on, oh, I think, uh, fear, it wasn't Fear Factor. That's where you with, eat tarantulas. With Joe Rogan, shit. yeah. He, no, I'm thinking of the one where they, you don't know you're being scared and then they scare you really bad. Oh, was it Scare Tactics? Scare Tactics, yes. That was, that, I think that show got shut down because they got oh. like sued. I remember one very distinctly that it was a legitimate scientific laboratory. I remember that and one. And they bring in some, I think some like med students and they pull back this cadaver and it's a guy in an alien costume. And of course these people, it's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> These people were very traumatized and freaking out. And the alien gets up and starts chasing them around. Uh, but I think so many people uh, who were unwilling participants on that show. Had a fucking them. heart attack? Yeah. <laughs> you have PTSD from something like that. But I always wanted to be on the show. Did you really? Yeah. But you wouldn't know that be... you were on the show. They would have to tell you that you were like, oh, we're going to have you in for this no, Febreze commercial. I wanted to be oh, the, scarer. the one that was scared. That's what I'm saying. They couldn't tell you that you were going to be scared. I know. Okay. So you'd have to get in under false pretenses. I want to, I want to feel that type of scared. <laughs> you would be so scared thinking, that you have to file thinking, a lawsuit. <laughs> thinking, thinking it's the end, but then it's not. So you see, exactly. That's that adrenaline. You have this like the worst type of mm-hmm. uh, fear ever. And then it's like this calm. Yeah. Be chasing that high forever after that. <laughs> There's been some really scary ones on there, too. Yeah, they had people out in the woods, and they would have, like, a crazy masked guy mm-hmm. come and, like, break the glass. It was a uh, fucked up show. Tracy Jordan. Tracy Morgan? Tracy Morgan. <laughs> Who's Tracy Jordan? He played... That was a character he played on 30 Rock. Oh, well, same person. Yeah. I mean, ostensibly, it's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, os- yeah. Well, Tracy Morgan, who later played Tracy Jordan... Yes, yes, yes. ...was the host of it. Oh, really? Yeah. I forgot that. Yeah. He's on the last OG now. I saw that uh, at South by Southwest last year. And uh, he was walking down the aisle next to me. And I uh, helped him. Like, I moved a microphone stand. He was so nice. It was such. And then I got to ask in a Q&A. This is just a personal story. Uh, it doesn't have to do with ghosts. But uh, they let us do a Q&A. And I asked him a question. And he told me, stay funny, boo. And it was the nicest. Aww, it was such a so nice sweet. home. I love that man. And they gave out cookies with his face on it. Whoa. That's how you know you've made it. Hell when you yeah. got your face on a cookie. Well, Gaynor, the parapsychologist, also believes humans are drawn to ghost stories but it can, because it implies that we can survive death. It's true. It sort of proves that in some cases, you know, your soul is eternal or whatever. You hang There's out by a lake, death. I guess. You can keep doing your thing even after you're gone. Making wet spots and cars at the lake. Mm-hmm. We'll we all got to be an expert at something. Yeah. <laughs> Some Dallas residents believe that the Lady of the Lake is actually the spirit of Hallie Evid Gaston, who drowned in White Rock Lake on May 2nd, 1927, at the age of 19. 
she's buried at Laurel Land Cemetery in Oak Cliff. Yeah, so that would be maybe the Gaston connection. Yeah. I wonder if her family, that's why we have the street Gaston is actually her family too. And that's usually the answer you get when you ask like a really uh, long, lifelong Dallas resident. Usually there are some variations, but for the most part, they're like, oh, it's the Gaston girl. Well, Marcus Thompson, a Dallas resident, did not agree and said, the only scary thing about White Rock Lake is the man-eating alligators. I've lived in East Dallas for a while. I've never seen a man-eating alligator. Allegedly, well, there is a photo from 1946 of some young boys, because this is what you did in 1946, who just caught a gator and drug it up on the shore, and they're holding it, kind of, you know, croc hunter style. Uh, so that was an actual gator that was found, but for the most part, there's gator gar, which are kind of a gross, yeah, horrible alligator fish. alligator gar. Yeah. They just look like weird fish. Yeah, they're like giant fish, but they, they do live in White Rock Lake, and yeah. they um, will eat, like, birds and fish and stuff like that. They don't eat you, though. But also, nobody swims. I don't even think you're allowed no, to swim in the lake. You're not. It's very polluted. Well, I thought that was our water source. Oh, God. Is it polluted? <laughs> I got to switch to Diet Coke. Shit. <laughs> According to Gene Sun, a lifelong Dallas resident, I lived on Gaston Avenue in 1974. We used to hang out at White Rock Lake all the time. I can tell you, I have seen things there that have defied rational thought. But as I grew older, I realized they were just a result of one thing. K-A-W. Kick-ass weed. <laughs> Actual quote. This is a real quote. And I've never wanted to party with someone more. Yeah. Than Gene's son. The thing about White Rock Lake in the 70s is it was a really dope place. I actually would oh, not yeah. exist were it not for White Rock Lake. Oh, Did that's you know right. that? Your parents met at my White Rock Lake. My parents met at White Rock Lake. Uh, my mom was driving around the lake in her white Mustang with her friend as you did just i was like what did you do why were you doing that she was like to pick up guys i was like to look to look for a spot to court <laughs> when <laughs> she found a guy we were hunting dick no she didn't say that. um but she came upon a handsome gentleman with a mustache and a sort of shaggy haircut and a, a six-pack of beer and his friend and that was my future dad i guess he was always my dad but at the time it was future dad um <laughs> And uh, my dad sees them driving up, and he tells his friend, Wally Combs. That's not a lie. His name was Wally Combs. Your name is shouldn't be a first name and then, a, like, a verb. <laughs> yeah. But it was. Yeah. Um, and if you saw his hair, he combed. You can tell. <laughs> uh, but he said, uh, dibs on the driver, which is how I was born. Wow. <laughs> uh, many years later, of course, but they, yeah, they got in the car. And the, true love. True love happens at White wow. Rock Lake. So much has come from that. Yeah, you're cruising around. Maybe you'll find a ghost, or maybe you'll get a wet spot on a different way. Or maybe you meet the love of your life. True, yeah. true, true. So what well, are we going to beat my ass for saying that? <laughs> I can't wait. Is I she cannot here? believe you said wet spot talking about me. <laughs> She's going to have a, ca- a count. You said wet spot 38 times in that show. <laughs> she will. And you said finger bang six. <laughs> <laughs> Still not enough, Nancy. Still not enough. <laughs> Never enough. Oh, so man. what do we think? Okay. So. Oh, God. <laughs> She's preparing. So there's a lot of different kinds of ghosts. Um, and <laughs> there are. There are, like, different categories. And I think that this one is, like, a, t- a category of ghosts that... A hurricane? Yeah, but, but, yeah, exactly. And I think they get worse to best. So then there's, you know, there's ghosts, which are just like apparitions, which you just sort of see in the background. You don't really see a fully formed figure. Mm-hmm. And then it goes all the way up to like a specter. So this would be like a specter. And this would be a cognizant specter because it, it can interact with someone. It can say, hello, I need a ride. And even though it doesn't know really what year it is, it at least knows that it is a person and you're a person and they need a ride. Then the next step up from that is usually one that's uh, maybe more sinister or meddling. A demon. A yeah, it's usually a demonic force. Just um, watch out, you guys. So I think this is uh, like a, a category for So you believe in it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, people don't just make this stuff up. Crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. People just go on the internet. People don't just say they've seen a ghost when they haven't seen a ghost. That's true. Th- do people do that? <laughs> I think so. That's fucked up. Don't drink the water, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> I only tell about ghosts I've actually seen. Well, I've never seen one, so... 
Also, if you see me, you seemed shocked as if that was I was. I'm not shocked. Minor. You're very like if you're open and receptive to the ghosts, and they'll see, and you you tend to just be like, oh yeah, it's probably like a shadow that or whatever. That was kind of a low key burn. No, I'm just saying. That's no, that's okay. That's okay. Well, I, I you're am, also less likely to be haunted, <laughs> so that's actually a really. I good am way a to skeptic. Live. I am. I usually think everything can be yeah. explained by science or a rational explanation. That's what they want you to think. Who's they? The Illuminati. The, the, the government. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, maybe, but I think this is one of those things like Goatman or s- other things we've oh, discussed where it's just a, a fun story that gets passed down from generation to generation. Well, how do you explain the wet spot? There's there's a lot of ways you can explain that. <laughs> <laughs> so well, let us know what you guys think. Yeah. DM us, uh, send us an email, just come find us in the bar yeah, after we'll the show. Out. Yeah, whatever. Uh, we will be hanging out in the bar after this show until our next one. We have another show uh, with the cult, our improv troupe at 9 p.m. There are still tickets available if you actually wanna... think it's sold out. Never mind. Um, if you got tickets, awesome. Uh, but uh, but it is the last night of Dallas Comedy Festival, and the last night we will be in this location. We're moving shortly after this, so it's going to be a super fun night. We'd love for you to stick around and party with us. Um, we also have some thank yous. Our friends and family, of course. My lovely husband, Tommy. Can we all give a round of applause to Tommy? <laughs> he edits all of the, uh, oh man, what a, what a wrong like, time to bring it made out it this cake. It seemed like this cake was for Tommy. It's not, <laughs> it's not, it's for me. Nope, it's for me. Sorry. Heather's going to now eat an entire cake while I finish talking. Um, but he edits all of our stuff, and he just puts up with all my stuff. So he deserves a, a round of applause. Also, all of you guys, thank you so much, everyone that came out Thursday night and tonight. We could not do this without you. Thank you to Dallas Comedy House, to Dallas Comedy Festival, especially Maggie and Amanda. Amaze Balls, which is a wonderful bakery um, locally here, gave us all these delicious cake balls Thursday at our show. Tonight, Unrefined Bakery, which is a gluten-free bakery. Everyone knows Heather's gluten-free. They contacted us and said, can we make you guys a cake for tonight? And they made us this cake. I know. That's so awesome. Uh, so check them out, especially if you're gluten intolerant. Well, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod. You can like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. You can also hit us up personally. Heather, where are you on the internet? All my hot takes are on Twitter at MCK versus the world, and my best selfies are on Instagram <laughs> at Heather versus the world. I am on Twitter at Christy or GTFO, and on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Sinister. Hood.